0: Welcome to Autism Live. I am Shannon Penrod, and we're coming to you live from the Warner Center in Woodland Hills, California. This is the home for Autism Live. It is also the home for the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. So thrilled to be here with you on this Thursday morning. Uh, A couple of things I I want you to know. We're going to be with you live for the next hour. We hope that you will interact with us. That is the thing that makes us the happiest, i got to be honest, is that when we know that you're watching and engaged, that, like, it certainly makes me happy. It makes our whole team happy. So Traven's gonna show you some of the different ways that you can participate. There are lots of ways to watch the show. There's lots of ways to either watch or listen or both, right, and there's lots of ways to write in if you have a question, concern, or comment. So he's gonna show you some of the ways, but I'm gonna remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. Hyphen is the the little dash in the middle. So autism-live.com, when you go there, You um, see a site that's like, you know, a lot of other streaming services and things, and you see a lot of bubbles. Um, Those are all videos, and there are playlists that you can scroll through, much like on Hulu or Netflix, and go, well, I only, you know, on Netflix, sometimes I go, I only want to see comedies today. What are my choices between comedy? Well, you can say, I only want to look at recipes, so I'm going to look at the recipe playlist, right? You can only look at Temple Grandin videos if you want to, or... Much like on those services, you can type in a word and say, I want to know all the videos about toilet training. And we are constantly upgrading our system. It's, you know, I mean, to be able to code every single video with everything we talk about is a task, but we're constantly upgrading it so that you can find the videos that you want. Now, you can also chat in real time or chat in the time that you are watching the video. We don't have to be live for you to chat. There is a chat button at the bottom of the page. You click it. It opens up a box. You type. You hit enter. It shows up here, and then I I get a chance to see that. The only part I don't like about it is that I can't immediately click it and respond back to you. That feature I don't have in the live feature. So the only, and I don't know who you are on that feature. So the only way I have of responding is here on the show. And then if you don't know which day I'm responding, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, But uh, that's why we have other ways for you to ask questions. Like on Facebook and on YouTube, and um, you can email me directly. And there is my email. Look at how, look at look at our timing. Look at that, <laughs> the fabulous Traven. Uh, S.penrod at autism live.com and if you're wondering why sometimes I will read things out and spell them out because more and more of you are listening to us on iTunes and choosing to take the audio version on iTunes so that you can listen in the car or listen on your walk or listen during your run at the gym all of which we appreciate right and we don't want you to feel left out when it's a a visual on the screen and you're not getting to see it so that's why Uh, plus which we have folks who um, have uh, visual disabilities that we want to make sure that they get the information Information as well. Look at all the new places that we are. We're on Spotify. How about that? And iHeartRadio. Uh, thank you, Traven, for finding all those wonderful places to put Autism Live. Okay, so I do like to remind you whenever possible that we have lots of guests who are on the show who are experts, and we absolutely love that. I always want to remind you, though, that I should not be mistaken for one of the experts. I am not an expert in the field of autism. I'm not an expert in parenting. I, I, in fact, I, really, I'm not an expert in anything except talking endlessly (laughs) and i think i achieved uh expert uh, status in that realm right um but i will say this about my experience with autism that i've been hosting shows about autism i'm a very proud autism mom and uh I've, ha- I've been so fortunate. I've been so lucky that for over 10 years I've been hosting shows about autism. First, the radio show Everyday Autism Miracles, uh, which those episodes are still available. You can find those on iTunes. They're free. Um, and, and then uh, we've been doing this show for almost nine years here, Autism Live. So... Um, I've interviewed a lot of experts, so I like to say I've got an informed opinion. I'm not trying to shortchange myself because some of you write in and go, Shannon, you are an expert. No, informed opinion. It's a vastly different thing, right? But if you um, are looking for an expert opinion, write in. I'll find an expert. If you want my informed opinion, you know, just say, Shannon, I'd like your opinion on whatever, and you know I'm happy to share that. Okay, is that a deal? All right. Uh, We like to start every Thursday morning with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day this is when we take on one word one phrase one acronym we try to figure out what are the experts talking about and how does this help us uh or hinder us why do we need to know this term so uh today's term there it is for you i always carol merrill wrong uh antecedent Uh, and we talk about this a lot uh so it's it's one of those words i think that you just got to get to know Antecedent. And antecedent, let's take a look at our actual definition. Often we make fun of the actual definition, but this one is not, you know, it's not that bad. Anything that occurs or is present immediately before the behavior of interest. All right, it's a little wordy, it's a little BCBA ish. Uh, So let's take a look at. Our working definitions. So those of us who don't have a master's degree in psychology can begin to understand the antecedent is what happened before. And I got to say, if you are a person who's on the autism spectrum or you love someone who's on the autism spectrum, right? And that is the audience that we are hoping to on the spectrum or someone who loves and cares about somebody on the spectrum, um, then this is a key thing is asking what happened before and understanding that that is the antecedent and that there is always an antecedent to behavior. And it it is sometimes the key to understanding the behavior. So for instance, um, your kiddo comes home from school and they come home with a note or you get a call from the school and they go, well, you know, we're very unhappy with Johnny today because he hit the, the person in line, uh, who gives out the, the coupons to get milk and, and he hit them, right? Your first question is what happened right before? Always because we're not, you know, you're not there and they need to answer that question because something happened. I know that there is this like myth. Somewhere out in the other community of the world that doesn't understand autism that thinks that behaviors that our kiddos engage in uh, Is random. Well, that would be false. That would be like a uh, Right? No Um, I know that even I as a parent uh, Fed into this kind of thinking and so my child would do something and I would look at it and I go that is just random But you know what it isn't Every single behavior that our kiddos are engaging in, every single behavior that you and I are engaging in, it, it's not random. Behavior is communication, and it is a way to get our needs met and to take care of ourselves. So there's something that happened that that preceded that individual hitting that person. It might have nothing to do with that person, but that doesn't make it random. Because if... What happened is that somebody, for instance, hit them and they tripped, and then the person put their hand, the person in line put their hand on them to prevent them from tripping. That may have triggered an instinct of, I just got hit. This hand on me is probably going to be a hit too, so I'm going to strike first, right? Uh, And sometimes it's really hard to figure out what the antecedent is, but it's always worthwhile to look. And it's always worthwhile to try to figure it out. When we look at behavior, you know, we we're we're always obsessed with the behavior because the behavior is the thing that's either great or uh, right, and and so we try always as human beings to control the behavior. And it's just that's just not what it's about. You can't you can't control behavior. I, I mean, unless you're gonna like shackle someone, which please. None of us are into that, right? You can't control the behavior, but guess what? You can control what happens before the behavior. A lot of times that's the key to everything. And we call that an antecedent modification. So if we know that every time that we feed a child red licorice that has, you know, red dye number seven in it, that they throw a tantrum, we can stop feeding them red licorice. We can Um, But we're not going to do that unless we see that there is a correlation between those two things, right? The other thing that we do is uh, a consequence strategy. So those are the places where we have control of what happened before and how did we reward it. Those are the two places where we get the most traction in shaping or changing a behavior. Um, And I got to say, as an ex-classroom teacher, antecedent modification is almost everything in the classroom. Everybody thinks it's the consequence. I got to say to you, it isn't if we set our students up for success and we, you know, make sure that we're giving them breaks when they need them and communicating and giving them attention when they need to, a lot of times all we get is the good behavior. So antecedent and understanding what happened before is really important. Maybe a finer distinction is, is understanding what happened before or what didn't happen before. Ah, right? Um, you know, I, I, I talk all the time about the three-term contingency. I'm gonna fold up a paper for you again because I think that this is, you know, one of the great greatest things ever. You fold the paper into three columns. We all know how to do that, right? Uh, look at Traven, so on top of it. Um, and so, and at the top of the paper, we're gonna do the ABCs of behaviors. So we do an A, a B, and a C, right? I think you can see that it's very white. Okay. So the A stands for antecedent, the B stands for behavior and the C stands for consequence. If you just will take a piece of paper like this um, with you in your pocket or your purse or your backpack or whatever you happen to have. um, And when you're seeing a behavior that the person that you care about, and this, you can do this for yourself. You can absolutely do this for yourself. And you go, okay, so the behavior is happening right now. And when the behavior is happening, you become like a court reporter. Instead of getting emotional about it like a lot of us do and go, this is the rest of our lives, what will we do? You know, or your head goes there. You just become a court reporter and notice what's happening. Okay, the person is throwing things, they're spitting, they're hitting, they're biting, whatever it is dispassionately in your head. You're just, you know, noting, okay, you know, it started at 11.15 and it's, you know, it stopped at 11.30 and they were doing all this, right? Uh, Okay, great. You got the behavior, but now you got to ask yourself what happened before. What happened right before? And really look at everything. You know, did we, did the temperature change in the room? Like, did we go from outside to inside? Did we put a demand on the person? Had they just eaten, you know, goldfish? Uh, You know, what And I'm talking about the the weedy ones, not real goldfish, right? What happened before? A lot of times people, especially in the classroom, uh, you know, when they do this, they, they notice patterns and they go, oh, this is happening right after lunch. Now, that could be something they ate at lunch, or it could be that somebody's pushing them around on the playground. But behavior doesn't happen in a vacuum this is the lesson that we all need to get like really into our bodies behavior doesn't happen in a vacuum Um, behavior happens in a series of chain and we have control over what happens before a lot of times not always and a lot of times we have control over the consequence so antecedent it's our first question when something is happening and somebody says oh well you know he hit so and so what happened right before ask the question it starts the ball rolling to get the answers of what 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 is the function of that behavior? What was that behavior taking care of? Guarantee you something happened before. Okay, that's our uh, jargon of the day. Now we move on to our question of the day. Uh, and uh, curious what you guys would respond to this. This is a tough one. Uh, our question of the day is what do you regret? <sighs> Right, everybody take a breath. Um, I know people who say, oh, I have no regrets. Uh, And how lovely for them. Um, I I think it's really hard to go through a life and not have regrets. My thing is, if we forgive ourselves for not knowing everything, um, and if we just learn from the things that we regret, um, and not make the same mistake over and over and over again. And I will tell you that one of my biggest regrets um, was when my son was in sixth grade. And right before sixth grade started, uh, we moved him to a new school, loved the school, loved the principal, loved the assistant principal. And they, um, set up a meeting with us two nights before school started with the new teacher that they had recommended. And I went in and I immediately had misgivings misgiv- about the teacher. And I was like, oh, I don't think, you know, she's one of those people who, says she understands uh, autism because she has family members, um, but then admits that she has only met those people like twice. And um, she seems a little rigid and like, she wants to do it her way and isn't interested in learning more about what we have going on. But I, and I remember talking to somebody about it and they were like, move him now. And I was like, he hasn't even been in her classroom. And they were like, your gut is telling you no, move him now. And, and, and I was like, no, I believe in giving everybody a chance, especially a teacher. And the principal was assuring me that it was all going to be fine. And, you know, by the time, and we worked it. And when I tell you that I was on it every step of the way, and I was like, mm, this, mm, that, mm, and the school was on it, and the administration was on it, but by the end of the year, the end result was that my child's self-esteem was in a much different place than where we had started the year. And, and it took us a solid year um, to, to get it back to a place where I wanted it to be. And there were still repercussions after that. I think they're completely gone now, but the amount of time and energy that was lost because of a teacher who would not, I don't know, maybe could not, um, meet my child where he was, uh, I regret not giving up on her sooner. I regret it and and i put that out to you i think it's important to give everybody a fair chance but i i go now i go by the three strike rule I, i'll give you one try and we'll talk about it right and if you don't get it right right on the second try man i'm right there with you and i'm gonna tighten the bolts and i'm calling in other people and i'm clear that the second time is the last time and th- three strikes man that is it it's over i I pull everything and go, no, 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 my child is not your, your experiment. We're not doing that, right? And I, and I send that out to all of you and go, that is my regret. That is my regret. Um, because it really set him back a ways. We fixed it. We fixed it. Um, but, you know, I wish he hadn't had to go through that. So what's your regret? And what have you learned from it? And uh, what can you share? Because remember, we all learn from each other's experience. I would love to know what you guys regret because I learn from you guys all the time. So write in and let us know what your biggest regret is. Okay, which leads us to our topic of the week, which is a tough one, too. Uh, I feel like I have been quoting Byron Katie a lot lately. Um, And she has a book that is titled Loving What Is. And this is hard because what is sometimes is not what you wanted and it is not what you bargained for. And, and it's not what you wanted for your kiddo, right? Um, or for yourself or other people, right? Um, but I, I really encourage you to read Katie's book, uh, loving what is and begin the practice of understanding that sometimes stuff goes wrong. And, uh, I believe and it's the way my head is constructed, and and you don't necessarily have to believe this, but I believe that everything has a reason. When I look back over the hardest things in my life, um, and I do mean the hardest things in my life, um, and I go, okay, so, you know, with perspective, you know, can I see how that led to this, which led to this, which led to this? I, I don't think that it's because bad things have to happen. I don't think that. But I do think that it's more in life about how we respond to bad things than the bad things. Um, that that is part of the deal of us being here on the planet. Does that make sense? That when, when something bad happens or that you perceive as bad, I got to tell you, on the day that my child was diagnosed, I perceived that as bad. Um, That is the entire way that I perceived it. That was the way it came to me, and I was like, oh, no, right? And I think that you can all relate to that in in some way. Um, But then I went on a journey, and I look back at that day as still being hard, but I look at all the things that happened to us, and and they weren't all good. They were not all good. But if I look at them only at, you know, can I categorize this and say, is it good or bad?, Boy, that gets real black and white. If I ask a different question, which is, were we able to learn something from that that was invaluable? Oh my gosh, that is a way vastly different question. Even the regret that I have about my son and having him be in that classroom for a year. When I look back at this now with many years, I I still wish that he had not had to go through that. Don't get me wrong, but when I look at what he learned from it, he learned resilience. That whole grit thing that everybody talk about, well, my kid has it now. And he's much better at advocating for himself. He is much more communicative when he feels like he's gotten short shrift. He, you know, he is much more of an advocate for others as a result of that. Um, So did it have to happen? I don't know. I I don't even know that that's worth discussing because it did happen. It did happen. And I can't change the past. So I can be, I can choose to be stuck in the regret or I can be in the lesson and accept what we learned from it. And I think that's what loving what is is about. It doesn't mean necessarily loving it right now, although if you can get to that, bless you, right? But it's about understanding that more. there's more in life than what is happening right now. It's what do we do with it? What do you do with it? It's that thing about when life gives you lemons, um, make some lemonade. And, and I got to say that all these years later, um, somebody had said to me the other day, she was like, look at your life. Your life is is pretty sweet. You know, your kid got diagnosed with autism and, and you know, he was able to get through that. And now you have this r- passionate career that has fulfilled you in ways that you couldn't have imagined before. Yeah. Yeah. It all, but I, and I said, yeah, but on a Tuesday, that when I didn't know that was going to happen, it was really, really rough, right? But if we keep focusing on, all right, okay, this happened. I'm not going to argue that. Now, what am I going to do with it? I, I tell you, I think not just for me, it has a way of working out where you get to the point where you get you get your feet back under you and things feel good. So we're going to talk a little bit about that um, the, the rest of this week. So All right, big uh, show for you here today. We have we're welcoming back a guest that we've had before. She's known as the Lemur Mom, uh, and she's hilarious. Megan Dolan. She's got this great show which I have now gotten to see, and it's amazing. Lemur Mom. She's going to be joining us uh, again, but this time we're going to have her on via Skype, which is super cool. And uh, thrilled to talk with her. We're going to do a mindfulness moment today because it's Thursday. And we'll tie that into the loving what is, and, um, and then hopefully we'll have a chance to answer some of the things that you guys write in. So be writing in right now. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back with Megan Dolan, Lemur Mom. Stick with us. Welcome back to Autism Live. I didn't look at my schedule, so we I, I didn't realize we were coming back to mindful mindfulness on Thursday. So we were talking before about this whole idea of loving what is and, and how does this have to do with mindfulness. So a couple of different things to consider that one of the best ways that we can deal with anxiety, Uh, Which is going to be absolutely a part of our journey because we're human beings and if you're here Then you're a part of our larger autism community. And so for sure there's some anxiety somewhere, right? Uh, It's just a question of what the level of it is But one of the things that we do to work on anxiety is that we ground ourselves in this moment a lot of times anxiety is happening from outside moments what just happened or what happened a week ago, or what happened seven years ago, or what's what we think is about to happen, right? So if we ground ourselves in this moment, um, we we can find that right now everything's okay. Right now in this moment everything is okay. So that becomes about you know putting your hands uh, on a surface. Uh, it could be your own uh, legs. Uh, Or it can be a table in front of you or the arms of a chair, right? But putting your hands flat and and asking yourself to feel the table underneath you. Putting your feet flat on the floor or if your feet for some reason aren't on the floor, wherever they are, having them against a surface. And if you can't, if you have a, there's no way to put them against a surface. Same thing with your hands, put them against each other, right? Um, and so and feeling whatever the surface is because we're awakening our senses to say now this senses happen now so what am I feeling right now and we focus because there's a lot of things that you're feeling right we focus on just the hands and the feet and if that becomes an issue just focus on one area so focus on your hands and and what am I feeling and you breathe and as you're breathing, you input information into your brain by asking yourself questions. Like, and, and a lot of times the questions that we ask define what we're thinking about, right? So we want to ask positive, assumptive questions, questions that we know that will get a yes. So, you know, um, you can ask yourself questions like, am I able to breathe? And sometimes it's that, you know, you're having a hard time breathing, but can you still breathe? And that helps you to drop the breath in and draw the focus to the breath, right? And, and then give yourself, you know, check, check that you can breathe. Take a nice, big, slow inhale and a nice, slow exhale. And sometimes the appropriate question to ask next is, am I okay right now? Right now in this space, am I okay? And if you think about all the different places that you've ever felt anxiety how often was it in a place where you really, sh- you know, where like you weren't okay? Because even if you were about to jump out of an airplane and you're feeling the anxiety of that, right? The question of am I okay right now is yes, because you haven't jumped out of the plane yet, right? Um the, the thing about this that's so brilliant is that if you really aren't okay, there's no time for this. And your brain takes over, right? When I think about there was a woman whose story I always think about that she was in one of the, the Twin Towers during 9-11, and um, you know, there was this moment, and, and her body just sort of took over and she went. And she said, you know, in that moment I wasn't scared, I wasn't, I just was reacting, right? And, and this is the truth of it, is that fear, comes later on she was scared out of her wits and she had to keep reminding herself, I'm okay, I'm okay, I am okay, right? I love that part of the movie Contact where Jodie Foster, you know, they're asking her, are you, are you good for takeoff? And she says, I'm okay. And they take off and it's really, you know, she, and she keeps saying, I'm okay, and, and she says it like 104 times in the movie, right? Because the truth of the matter is, is in that moment, a lot's happening and she's being hurtled through, you know, a, a portal through space. But in that moment, she actually is okay and she's checking in with herself. I'm okay. And you can do that too. You know, saying, because. And, and this is all part of loving what is because in this moment, you are okay. Right? So... Hands on the table, or hands together, feet on the floor if you can, or feet together, and asking yourself those positive, assumptive questions. But that sensory input is very grounding, it reminds you that you are not floating in space. Sometimes we just need something to hang on to and it can be ourselves. We can teach this to our kids too, because you know how, um, some of our kids are very sensory seeking and they, they want to get on your head or they, you know, they come and they squeeze you or they grab your hand. Um, you know, this is all part of the grounding process for them too, that you can take their hand, Um, Or you can teach them to squeeze themselves and be saying on the inside, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay right here, right? And that brings you into this moment, reduces anxiety, and helps you to see what's happening right now. Because often what's happening right now is A-okay. It's what's happening all up here in the future and in the past that isn't A-okay, right? But getting the sensory input and then asking those positive questions and, and even making the statements, I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. Um, and there's something about uh, the squeeze at the elbows. There's, um, if, if you push here, it's like pushing against it that activates muscles, um, that also can help um there are other places too, but this is the one that's easiest because you can do it in a classroom. It's not disruptive to do this in a classroom. You can be at a business meeting and you can be sitting and talking with somebody and do that, right? Uh, so that is our mindfulness moment for today. Give it a try. See how it works for you. Try it out with your kiddos. Um and let us know if that helps you at all. Be in the moment, reduce anxiety, um, and and get into that loving what is right now. OK, we are going to take a break and then we are going to come back with Megan Dolan, the lemur mom. Stick with us. Welcome back, you guys. We've got Megan Dolan joining us in three seconds. I just want to say hello to Helen. And I love that you're loving the Temple Grandin videos. We all love those. Good morning to Lauren. And we love you. Thank you for loving our broadcast. And then who else did I want to thank here? Um, I'm i uh, and I, I noticed that some of you are writing in about anxiety, that you're suffering from anxiety on a regular basis, too. I think that's I think that's our community, right? Um, and, and I think that's all part of that loving what is, is understanding, okay, anxiety is a part of this ride. Now let's figure out what we want to do with it, right? Okay, so we'll talk more about that later. But now, right now, I've got the fabulous Megan Dolan joining us. She is the lemur mom. And if you have not seen this show, let me just tell you, my son and I went... Uh, back in the fall to a performance at CSUN and it is hilarious it is moving Megan is so talented Uh, this story that she tells is so uplifting you have got to see lemur mom Uh, and I'm not kidding around it's absolutely fabulous she's fabulous so Megan welcome back to the show Thank you, Shannon. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you, too. And see how much easier this is with you on Skype so that you didn't yes. have to come all this way. I hope you have fuzzy be- uh, your bedroom slippers on. Uh- <laughs> I, yeah, I'm in my socks. And sorry about the mess behind me. but Oh, that's a know. mess? That looks like a creative, organized person to me. So <laughs> I, I think you're doing good so megan for people who in a minute we're going to show uh, a a little bit of a trailer from your show but for people who've never seen your show i'm telling it's it's absolutely hilarious um but it's also very moving and very empowering um what what do people tell you about the show
1: um a lot of people thank me for kind of showing um a different side of the story because the reason i wrote the show was When my son was diagnosed with autism when he was five, um, I started going to different support groups and doctors and just felt like I was surrounded by type A personalities and I didn't fit in and I didn't know what that meant for my son if I didn't have my act together. And so I just started writing about these different situations. I found myself in and I've had a lot of parents... Thank me for for showing that side of it. Or that a lemur mom is kind of someone who feels like they're clinging to a branch, staring big-eyed into the darkness, and they don't they don't know what they're doing. And um, so I've had a lot of parents thank me for showing that side of it, and also thank me for being able to look back at those early days when you get the diagnosis because you are not laughing then. But years later, when you see it, see my story portrayed in a you know a, in a funny way, it's helpful to be able
0: to laugh and recognition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, aside from it being hilarious and being empowering, I do think that there's a healing element of your show that reminds all of us that I think a lot of us are looking at other people and going, oh, I think she's got it all figured out. And, uh, and, and that's intimidating. And I think that you drive that home that uh, we all feel a little bit like, oh <laughs> gosh, I'm not gonna be able to do this, right? Yes. But- Well, uh, you've got a performance that's coming up. Let's talk about where that is and who it benefits so that we can let folks know because they can come and see your show. Yes, please.
1: So it's at the Santa Monica
0: Playhouse on Saturday, February
1: 8th, and it benefits We Are Brave Together, a support group of special needs moms that was founded by Jessica Pate. It is the greatest um, um, group I have received incredible information and fellowship and a sense of community from this group and it's a mainly a space of no judgment for moms to come together and um and just find support so that this all the proceeds will go to we are brave together and again it's saturday february 8th at 8 o'clock at santa monica playhouse and you can get tickets at lemurmom.com or at wearebravetogether.com under their event tab Okay,
0: there's a very Mm -hmm. real possibility that this show will sell out and so we're encouraging people you should go and you should get your tickets immediately. Uh, absolutely immediately, so that you don't get left out from from seeing the show. Oh, and let me tell you, Shannon, the yeah. ticket price is a little higher than normal because it's a fundraiser. They're fifty
1: dollars tickets, so it, they really we really want to uh, make a good chunk of money for this organization. So well, just wanted to let you know that because
0: normally they're about twenty dollars. I can tell you guys, it's worth it. What a <laughs> wonderful evening to get together. You know, call the the mom friend that you know that you guys always say sometime we're going to do something and then you never do. Right? Because we all yeah. have that and say this we're gonna go to and, and get yourself to it because you will feel better afterwards. You will come back a better parent to your child and to your family, and you'll be helping to support a great cause. So get yourselves to it. Let's show them um the clip of the trailer so that they can see some of what they would be missing if they don't go. Okay, Megan? Great. This is okay. Lemur Mom.
1: <laughs> the first thing I do after receiving my five-year-old son's official diagnosis is Google celebrities with Asperger's. <laughs> I just saw a lemur mom. I
0: just saw a lemur mom. Lemur mom. Lemur mom, mom. Starring Megan Dolan. It was
1: hands down the best way to spend a Saturday night. I'm sure that I'm too helicoptery and I hover over him and I need to teach him independence, but he screams and cries and flaps and growls and I don't know what to do, me, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> tell me what to do, me, and tell me what
0: to do. I don't know if I'm still laughing or I'm still crying, but I'm definitely still feeling. They say that everybody has a story to tell, but I doubt many people can tell it as well as Megan did.
1: You think I have ADHD? No, I mean, I don't know. The first thing I do is Google celebrities with ADHD. She has the ability to speak her truth, but then it extends out and it makes you feel you can go on the journey with her. I will never be a tiger mom. And that's okay. I'm a lemur mom.
0: (laughs) This woman expresses everything I went through with my son. And I don't think it's just for other people who can relate to being a lemur mom. I think it's for all parents. It just gives us hope. An amazing, amazing evening. Thank you.
1: I'm so grateful. I'm so glad I saw it. I'm a new mom and I'm pretty convinced I may be a lemur mom and I'm so very inspired. It was brilliant.
0: Welcome back. We just saw that amazing clip uh, with scenes from Lemur Mom interspersed with people talking about what it meant to them. It's a great show. And, uh, you know, Megan's not going to tell you this, but she's wildly talented uh, (laughs) and she's such a good storyteller. And I came with my 16-year-old son to see the show. And and I got to say, he enjoyed it and laughed himself sideways. And we had so much to talk about in the car ride home. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think that it's right for necessarily everybody's kid, but my 16 year old loved it. Um, and I, I loved, there was an opportunity at the end of the show that we saw where there was a bit of a talk back. At this performance mm-hmm. that you're going to do on the 8th, or is there going to be a little bit of a talk back afterwards? <laughs> yes we've been doing
1: because i just did a series of shows at cal state long beach and we had a q a after everyone and such great stories would come up afterwards everybody wants to share their experience so yes we'll be doing that as well and i'm so glad that your son enjoyed it i kind of say i think ages 14 and up it's appropriate for there is some profanity in a couple adult situations um, my kids haven't seen it yet but they're only 10 and eight and this show kind of is about our family, so I'm not quite ready for them to see it just because I don't want them to see me in distress. Um and internalize that. But yes, I'm thrilled that your 16 year old laughed. Oh, that makes me feel so good. He,
0: <laughs> he loved it. He didn't just laugh, oh, okay. he loved it. He thought it was he thought it was hilarious, but it also I gotta say, you know, I mean it's so great. Um it, it was great for him. And on the way home we were talking and he was like, you know, did you feel that way sometimes? and parts of my story are vastly different from your story but i yeah. was able to say to him yeah you know when you love somebody so much yeah. you know you want to do what's right for them and you're afraid it won't be right yeah no i right, felt, right? i thought and and so i think it helped him to see me in a different light because he watched you yes right yes. so right. i It'd be think he's watching you yes right. <laughs> right i think i think right. that there like he was open because yes. it was you and we have baggage, let's face it. Right. So, and I think this, this is one of the beautiful things about art is, is that it can, you know, it, we're free, we come to it free and we can take information in and then we process yes. it through our lives. So yes. I, you know, I thought it was great. That's why I said we had great conversations on the way home That's about wonderful. it. So um, I had after- a young man come up to me after one of the shows and he, he is on the
1: spectrum and so is his sister and I guess his mom has four other kids and he said, I never stopped to think about what it was like for my mom. Right. And he was so moved. And that was like everything to me. Yeah.
0: I can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a what a crazy great thing to, you know, have created that conversation between us. And that's like not even talking about the fact that we had this lovely evening of entertainment, which is an escape for all of us and a a way for all of us to escape. But I uh, you know, you mentioned that your your kiddos haven't seen the show. Uh, but you play so many different characters within the course of, of the show. You play both of your kids at some point. You certainly play your husband over and over again, which is one of the most hilarious things in the show. And, and other characters. And it's so great because you, I mean, you just take on these characters yourself. Um, and And it's not like you know, you leave the stage and go put on <laughs> costumes and makeup and whatever. You're just one of those really flexible people that can like do that and become somebody else, which is fun to watch uh, from a theater standpoint. But especially your husband, uh-huh. Um, and, and he happened to be at the performance that we're at. Yes. And the thing that I really wanted to ask in the talk back, but I was like, I'll ask for another time. And here we are. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what his reaction to you portraying him is. He must have yeah. a sense oh, of
1: humor. Great question. Well, you know, I've been writing for quite a while and performing at storytelling shows and my husband would always say, well, when are you going to write about me? And, <laughs> and so and I did. and, he did not wanna know any of the scenes or anything beforehand. And I kept saying, do you wanna hear this? Like, let me read this to you. And he's like, no, 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 no. I just wanna see it in the performance. And so he came, I think him did the second performance that I did, this is back in the fall of 2018. And it was so much fun for the people in the audience who knew him because they were watching him as they were watching me. And then afterwards, he just checked in with our good friends to make sure that he came off okay. And then he signed off on it and said he was fine with it. But the funny thing about him, I studied him for weeks and there was not like a tick or anything he did that I could grab onto. So the only thing I got was this he furrows his brow a lot. And so that's what I do. I do that and lower my voice.
0: And that's all I got for him but oh but the timing character. I mean it's been months since I saw the show but they the timing of when you go from him to you and 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 is is brilliant and hysterical and, you. and and you know makes the audience weep with laughter because it's it's so honest and it's uh-huh. so true we all can relate to it and I think what a menschy guy that, that he checked in with friends and that they were able to tell him. Because he does come off great. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. he does come off great and he comes off as a really awesome dad and a partner. And, and the fact that he's okay with you doing that, he comes off even better. <laughs> right (laughs) so so tell him (laughs) mensch points for that because a a lot of guys are too you know uh i mean let's face it we're all that way it's like well wait a minute how am i being portrayed but the show the show is just brilliant it's such a gift to our community um so tell us again where the next show is and then let us know if there's more that are coming up
1: okay so yes saturday february 8th at 8 p.m at santa monica playhouse and the tickets are available at lemurmom.com or wearebravetogether.com under the events tab. And um, that's the next one coming up. And I'm doing a show in Tucson at the Anat Banyel, uh Conference for, for teachers or practitioners. And that's February 18th. And then I'll be doing another series of shows at Cal State Long Beach um, late May, early June. Those are not, um, I don't have the exact dates yet. But those are the, the next one coming up is February 8th, Santa Monica Playhouse. And this Did one you? is
0: special because it's a special benefit yeah. for a special group and for any parent who's, who's like within, mm-hmm. you know, the area, what a great weight, what a great entree into that group, come to that performance and you'll do the talk back afterwards. Yes. And I guarantee and they'll yes, meet but is doing the talk back with me. So it'll be the two of us doing the Q and A. Yes. Okay. So not to be missed you guys, February 8th, where do they go to get the tickets? Uh, go to
1: lemurmom.com, www.lemurmom.com, or wearebravetogether.com under their special events app. Okay. So, yes, tickets are available there. And I think we're
0: about almost halfway filled out. So, okay. get those soon. All right. Get them get them while they're hot, you guys, which is now, now, <laughs> now. And then. Um, oh, there's free chocolate and wine. I forgot to mention that. Free oh, chocolate well, and Megan, wine. Oh, Megan, talk about it's burying right. the headline. I should have led with that. And there's gonna be some raffle giveaways too. Free chocolate and wine. Yes. Uh, like that's that's just crazy talk, woman. Uh, so on top of that, uh, you get free chocolate and wine. Come on, y'all. This yeah. is this is your this is your Valentine's Day treat to yourself. Yes. February eighth. Wine, chocolate, other autism moms and a show that I guarantee you will make you laugh hysterically, but you will, you will walk taller as a mom leaving oh, this performance. You. So you deserve it. Get, take a friend and go to see this. Uh, okay, so wonderful. <laughs> so you mentioned that there are some performances that are, that are coming up, but if people wanted to book this show to have it come yeah. for their group, this is a very doable thing, yes? yes yes what do they Um, do
1: you can you can go to
0: lemurmom.com or
1: send um and you can sign up there or send an email to lemurmom show at gmail.com um not dot com at gmail right what is it
0: (laughs) at (laughs) gmail.com
1: yeah at gmail.com lemurmom show at gmail.com yes send a message there if you are interested in in booking the show absolutely we're were available for that. Um, we did that show at Cal State Northridge and that was for their teaching, learning, counseling symposium. And they did it for all of the the different uh, professors and students and it was an amazing community. I really love doing events like that.
0: Oh, they were wonderful. I'd like to do more of them. Uh, we have a mm. question. Somebody wants to know if you've already had some of the chocolate and the wine. <laughs> <laughs> do I seem like it? <laughs> no, just because you were at the Gmail thing. Uh, <laughs> no, I just get i'm not technical even in my articulation <laughs> there we go it's all good okay so uh yeah and i and i gotta say if you have a group and you've been looking for something to you know coalesce and, and bring more people in the community together what better thing to do than to have a performance how, how the performance is like an hour isn't it is it slightly it's less?
1: 75 minutes okay. yes
0: and and we're working on getting a kind of a shortened version as well but But that makes for a really nice evening, 75 minutes, a little bit of a talk back and a little bit of a social, and I would do the social, a lot of times people do the social before and that's fine, but leave time for social afterwards because I know after the performance that I went to, people, you know, did the talk back and everybody was, the conversation was flowing and the talk back ended and people stayed for yes. quite a while because yes. people wanted that connection with other people. Everybody was feeling open. Um, so what a wonderful thing to do if you've got a group of people. Have Megan come, uh, do the show. You won't regret it. So one more time, the website, so that they know where to go. Okay, go to uh,
1: lemurmomcom or wearebravetogether.com under their events tab to get tickets for Saturday, February 8th at 8 p.m., free wine and chocolate and raffle
0: giveaways. And a QA afterward I hope to see you there it's a it's a great show you guys go 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 Megan thank you so much for being willing to come back and join us oh anytime Shannon I love talking to you Thank Likewise. you guys thank you so much have a good weekend okay you too bye-bye Bye. so that was Megan Dolan lemur mom I'm telling you guys the show is hilarious and and like I, like, I don't know why that's the thing that I'm, uh, you know, I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, if it's comedy, then I'm more likely to go. But it's also so empowering. It's the full experience. You you know, it's that old joke about, the they said about cats, you'll laugh, you'll cry. I guess it wasn't about cats because the thing was, you'll laugh, you'll cry, it's better than cats. This is for sure better than cats, okay? So, lemur mom. All right, we're going to take a really short break and come back to finish out the show. If you have any last thoughts, uh, send them in to me because I've got a minute to address anything. Stick with us. Welcome back. We just have a couple of minutes here, but um, somebody had written in a question and said, can an autistic child still maintain eye contact and engage with others? And, okay, the short answer is yes. Um, It is a longer answer, though, than that because it's all about... Um, what is the reinforcer for making the eye contact? Uh, because you and I, well, that's assuming that, you know, for people who have, uh, a brain that is not, as Temple Grandin would say, the autistic brain, um, we went through a phase in our lives when we were little, 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 where we were reinforced by people's faces. And that had to do with us and the way that our brain worked. Um, It was not the fault of our parents, it's not that our parents were so brilliant and did something different than parents of uh, individuals with autism, it's just that we got engaged in faces. So it it would be like if somebody put a picture in front of us, what we looked at was faces and that was what was of interest to us. Um, that is how our brains work. That is how we are wired. Now, for individuals who are on the autism spectrum, for whatever reason, they're more interested in other things in the picture. Now, for some people, it's because their eyes don't focus on eyes. Um, and there's a whole host of reasons why they didn't get involved in eye contact. I can tell you that for my son, eye contact, he could do eye contact. It was just intense for him. Like it was so power packed that if he and this was even as a baby, if he looked me in the eye, it was intense. This was way before he was diagnosed with autism. And I had gone to them early, early on when he was weeks old. And I said, you know, the big thing that they had said was when your baby is nursing, make eye contact. Right. And I said to them, but the problem is, uh, they were worried about his weight because he wasn't nursing enough. And I said, but when I look at him, he stops, and, it was, and I could tell that it was because it was so intense for him. You could tell it was in his body. It was just that it was intense. Not painful, but intense, right? And so they said, well, you know, he's got to eat, so do less of the eye contact. I wish I'd rethought that, right? I wish we'd gone back and looked at that. And I wish somebody had told me, here's how you make it reinforcing and get him to nurse and make eye contact at the same time, right? But the point is we have to make eye contact reinforcing, whatever the whatever the reason that they're not doing it we have to make it very reinforcing which means we pair it with good things and we have to be mindful of the fact that they're not making eye contact sometimes because it's painful and we don't want to ask people to do things that are painful for them right um we like to desensitize them and make it less painful right but and there are ways that you can teach eye contact but you always want to keep in mind that it you know the individual and what's comfortable comfortable for them um, but like teaching any skill you know it's not comfortable for me to do jumping jacks so we don't just go well well, shannon can't do jumping jacks right we could teach me a a modified way to do a jumping jack so that i get the exercise from it because it's a benefit to me but if we find that it's hurting me we would be like "Mm, you don't have to do jumping jacks in your life. So I think that all things are teachable and all things are teachable to people who are on the autism spectrum. It's just a matter of, is it important? Is it relevant to them? And, you know, like, can we make it reinforcing enough? And are we taking into consideration this individual's limitations and, 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 you know, comfort um, and what is beyond comfort and things that are truly painful. So, yes, can we do it? Yes, but we want to be mindful of all those things, and we want to make it pleasurable to make eye contact. And it's a, it, can be as, it can be as simple as pairing it, you know, uh, with a lot of little kiddos. When the kiddo makes eye contact, we tickle. So uh, with my son, it was that the, the, pers- the, the therapist would be a pirate, because my son loved pirates, and whenever his eyes would cross his, the pirate would, would duel with him with a paper sword. And that was reinforcing enough to get him to like eye contact. I'm totally out of time. So I just want to let you know that we do have a show tomorrow at Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. And Nancy Allspot Jackson is back. How wonderful is that? And our special guest tomorrow is Christina Adams, author of the book A Real Boy and the new book Camel Crazy. You're going to love that. Make sure that you're here with us. That's tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.